Welcome back, everybody, to the Dusty Bender Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Chance Watson, with you as always, your other host, Taylor Wells. Episode 102 coming at you of Season 2 of the Dusty Bender Podcast. Wells, how are we feeling today? Feels like this is the second semester of Hockey 101. We're gonna get into some pretty pretty crazy shit in uh, the 102. Speaking of speaking of 101, did you see that cartoon that they were doing recently yesterday? Of the like, it was a it was like a cartoon version of the Capitals Rangers game, and like, I saw yeah, I, I I had no idea what was going on. I didn't even learn about it until like I jumped on Twitter and like I saw these live feeds of a large headed cartoon. Patrick Kane scoring a goal and then the goal exploded when the puck went in. Boy, that would be that's hey, now we got something for Gary Bet. Oh, they already had the meeting, but exploding goals. Uh you think big motivation to keep the puck out of the net. Yeah, I mean for like hat tricks or something. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you get your third one and the game's just over. This net this net gone. will self-destruct in three. <laughs> goalies have goalies have to start like wearing fucking shields on the back of their fucking pads. grubauer he'd be dead already yeah that or they're going through like fucking the the, the fucking crack the the, the the cpa budget is just through the roof because they have to have a new net every game <laughs> Jesus Christ. it's coming out of Fuck! oh my so god i swear to god it should Oh, it absolutely should. All right. Uh, quick housekeeping stuff here, folks. Uh, coming up on it, we won't see you on Friday. So uh, happy early St. Patrick's Day. I'm going to right now. Oh, uh, there it is. Going to have myself a nice Guinness. Uh, I encourage all of you guys to also have a Guinness on St. Patrick's Day. It is tradition. So I heard someone basically make a comment that uh, who is St. Patty? you know everybody always talks that it's saint patty's mm. day but there's there's no saint patty not yet right do you know that do you know that hockey was created by uh irish canadian immigrants yeah. did. fun fun fact for you on uh this uh march 15th the ides of march don't go to the senate today you'll get stabbed that's right i did have a caesar salad the other oh, day oh shit so as long I, I think I finished it already though, so it just. No. This day is always supposed to be bad luck. It's always supposed to be like the like just because some dude got stabbed, you know, centuries ago. Uh, today's not a good day. Dude, I mean, my twenty twenty three has been bad luck. So <laughs> I mean, someone's gotten stabbed every day in the last like. Someone's about to get fucking this stabbed. Yeah. That's right. Damn it. <laughs> Fuck. Maybe. 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 I'm gonna. I'm planning on going to a place where they're gonna laser my face into my Guinness. That does sound pretty fun. That's 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 the epitome of drinking beer in 2023. Yeah, yeah it's laser. You know what could make this beer better? My face. Sucking my own face. <laughs> Why? What? I mean, you know, I could see it. You know, they you walk in and they you know ask you a bunch of qualifying questions you know uh but doing a ton of resumes so uh race right um gender oh, right orientation nowadays yeah what is yeah what, are, what uh, do you identify yeah. as what does your beer identify as that's right and so you know and then they then then you know you just kind of pick like a celebrity whose face you want to suck out of Ooh. your beer it can be for you know malice or 
uh, you know, just enjoyment, sure. right? Um, yeah, there's some what happens. What happens when some drunk asshole just lays his junk on the scanner? Is that how it works? It's like a fight. There's just butts. I don't think so. I think they have to. I think they take the a first, picture. The first like two beers that people have, they're like, "Oh yeah, my face onto my beer. Yeah, it'd be great." And then it's just butts and dicks and <laughs> boobs and oh yeah. Oh. Especially if especially if Maddie Beneers scores or fucking oh, McCann scores, like. You know there's going to be at least... Oh, you fucking know it. God damn. Uh, speaking of, uh, quick housekeeping stuff. Once again, shout out to the Hockey Podcast Network for sponsoring the show and including us in all their fun stuff. Uh, really happy to be a part of the network and uh, getting to know all the other podcasts in it. Uh, shout out to the Hub Tavern. I was out there Saturday. Got to watch a little bit of the... I believe it was the first Dallas game. Um, yes, because we had the false beers for Beneers. Uh, while, while we, we, we did benefit from the special because at the time we did think Beneers scored. So everybody in the, in the bar received $2 beers. That's $2 beers when Maddie Beneers scores. And then also, uh, a new thing coming up. This is going to be more, so beers for Beneers always in place at the Hub Tavern out in Spokane, uh, part of the Anchor Alliance bar or one of the Anchor Alliance bars out here in the Pacific Northwest. Not only can you get beers for Beneers, that's $2 beers when Maddie Beneers scores, but intermittently when they feel like doing it. Also, cans for McCann. Cans for McCann. $2 cans when Jared McCann scores. Uh, I think it's going to be based on uh, what the bartender's feeling that day, if it's going to be Maddie or Jared. But uh, either way, I was going to say, if you're a drinker, you probably want McCann because he's he's just lighting it up right now. Man, good thing he didn't start that at the beginning of the season. That's yeah, oh, losing, losing that some money. <laughs> a lot of lot of lot of cheap beer there. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, oh, great time! Absolutely had an absolute fucking blast there. Everybody, you just walk in, you feel like you're home. Everybody just has a great time. I I even mentioned the podcast. I was sitting in there, and uh, the lovely girlfriend uh, mentioned the, to the the uh, individual we were sitting at the bar with that we had a podcast, and uh, it was then proceeded to be announced to the entire bar. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you guys guys, this guy is Chance Watson and he's got a podcast, the Dusty Bender Podcast. And everybody immediately jumped on their phones and subscribed. So if you were in the Hub Tavern that day and subscribed to the show and this is your first episode, welcome. Welcome to the show. Uh and uh fe- welcome fellow hub drinkers. Yeah, if this is your first episode that you've listened to the Dusty Bender, um we've already talked about butts, yeah. boobs. Starting off real good. And yep. balls. So uh, there's only it's more. It's only of gonna that. get better. Like it's yeah. Don't don't think that it's going. Well, if you think we've already peaked, guess again because this is just this is just clearing <laughs> this is just us clearing our throat. Okay, we're just yeah, revving up, exactly. baby. Uh, also, shout out to uh, John Miller, Fire Chief John Miller, out in uh, rural Shoshone County. Uh, John Miller actually has something for us today, a little script here for us. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Barry Trotz and the new Younger Nashville Predators. Uh, he is tired of hearing about the Preds <laughs> uh, and doesn't want to talk about them anymore. <laughs> okay. 
What's funny is the Preds decided that they needed to sell everybody off, and then, oh, we're actually above Calgary. Well, that's apparently not hard Which to do nowadays. Uh, Chief Miller would also like to remind you not to call 911 this Saturday if your poop is green, as is probably from the green dye in the beer that you drank. Don't drink and drive, friends, uh, from your local Shoshone District 1 firefighters. Happy St. Patrick's Day, hockey fans. There you go. The only time that's happened to me was animal crackers. I don't know if you've heard this. No. Uh, this, this, yeah, it is, um, it is a thing. I, I honestly didn't think it was and had a good, a good test. So, uh, the test results came back and it, wow. Who knew? There you go. Yeah. So, uh, people are going to be rushing out to get animal crackers now and test it out and see if I'm a fucking liar or not, but never understood i never understood the green beer i I, you know there's a lot of as somebody who is a huge saint patrick's day fan i i'm not a huge holiday guy so i usually i I tend to embrace the more ridiculous holidays like the ones that have like that people put meaning on like you know fourth july and that kind of thing that actually have like significance i tend to i tend to shy away from those and i really embrace the holidays that are just completely ridiculous uh, and St. Patrick's Day is right up there because, you know, it's it's based on bullshit anyway, and it's just a, basically a day where all of us get to be Irish for a day. So There you go. I Honestly, I, I like all holidays because St. Patrick's Day is not the only holiday that I get very hammered. That's for. fair. That's fair. So That's fair. I did used to, I used to traditionally wear a kilt on St. Patrick's Day. Isn't that Scottish? Uh, it's Scott-Irish. It just depends on... It, it uh, depends on. But both both claim the heritage. Okay. And I've got both in my in my background. I'm sure... You, yeah, you got a little I Irish, don't. don't you? Yeah. Just a little bit. Uh, mostly Swedish. Really? Okay. Yeah, mostly Swedish. And then, uh, yeah, definitely some Irish in there. And then Your ancestors Scottish. invaded Ireland and then and then bred with them. They probably the deserved it. Vikings went to Ireland. Yeah, I mean, if you know me, you know I'm big and tough like a Viking, so it only makes yeah. sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. My uh, my great grandmother was uh, a pure blood Irish immigrant. Uh, her, her the their their surname was uh, Killam. Yeah, oh, that's a go. that's a pretty metal last name. Pretty, pretty fucking metal. The Killams, Killams from Belfast. That's good shit. Go. So, you, so you're gonna be selling? Oh yeah, we're gonna probably probably make it out to that out to the uh, the laser Guinness bar and uh, and get a get a Guinness there with my face go. on it. So maybe maybe I'll do maybe I'll get a Dusty Bender podcast logo onto one. Hey, uh, there you go. Six, we put that on a T-shirt. Yeah, I'm dog sitting again, so I can't even golf this weekend. Um, yeah, shout out to my boy Charlie. Your dogs are, you, they get more attention than actual children. Well, this is, and luckily this is like the, this is our friend's dog oh. that we're dog sitting. And so this is like, this is like the only dog that my rescue gets along with. And so, you know, it's, it's all good. Oh, but good. it also means before Friday, I got to scoop shit mm. in the backyard. So that'll be nice. That does, that does, does sound like it sucks. Uh, it damp, yeah, it dampers on the day. Speaking a of uh, dealing with some shit, the Kraken. Yeah. 0 and 3, 0 and 3 since we last chatted with you folks. And um boy, I don't there's there's a lot. Usually we can sit here and we can kind of boil it down and we even sound repetitive sometimes. This is these ones are almost of a like they're kind of frustrating. 
because we have seen we in all three in these games you could argue that you have seen elements of the best parts of this team you have also seen the worst elements of this team and the success of this team has always been that we're not necessarily going to fix our problems we're just going to double down on our strengths and hope that they nullify our weaknesses and unfortunately we have seen in the last three games that that doesn't always work out yeah i mean in theory right you're supposed to be able to average three goals a game and at least pull one win out but when you Uh, when you get an average of three to four goals against (laughs) scoring three goals doesn't mean dick yeah, I mean that three point one goals against doesn't no. you know doesn't exactly cut no. it. So yeah, no, definitely. I mean, some good games in there, right? I mean, two of the three were sprinkled in really actually pretty good efforts the, from the Kraken. Just def- the offense you know. is, I'm not I'm not oh, worried about the offense. Like it, the offense is already playing well, great, and it's only going to get better when Berkey comes back. Um, we actually had uh, the Kraken athletic writer i believe uh the guy that goes to basically every practice and you know tweets on them uh he actually answered one of our questions today uh regarding berkey we asked if he was at practice uh mike benton shout out to mike benton i believe he is with the uh uh studio host seattle kraken on oh he's the fox 13 fox 13 okay television play-by-play uh he was down at practice and uh we asked for news on berkey he said no change as of today per dave hackstall was not on ice so He's not practicing with the team. We did see him skating on his own, uh, but he's not practicing with the team right now. I wouldn't be surprised uh, if they're shelving him until the playoffs. So it's interesting because last, I know you're not a baseball guy at all, but last MLB season, last summer, uh, we were kind of seeing this trend where MLB teams were allowing players to basically decide when they came back. Right, so they were basically, you know, they they probably were okay last week, but they wanted to kind of get back up into speed and stuff like that. And so I wonder if I wonder if this is, you know, kind of spilling over into the NHL because, yeah, I mean, when he went down, it sounded like it was only going to be a week, maybe two, and you know, but I mean, a lot of different reports. But I I just get this weird feeling like that's kind of what it is. Like he's. You know, he's he could probably like in the old days, right? Five years ago, even he could probably he probably would have laced him up because you know of, of fear of being called out by somebody who knows. But uh, I I just get this feeling like that's probably what's happening here is and and rightfully so, right? I mean, Kraken are in a playoff spot. They're they're not going anywhere. They're going to have a playoff berth. Uh, I mean, uh, unless they lose the rest of their fucking games. But you know, might as well let him decide that he's ready to rock and he's going to come back and score two goals in his first game and just hit yeah. the ground running, yeah. right? So I just I, I get this weird feeling like that's probably what it is, but you're not wrong. I mean, the offense looked fine. I'm not worried about it. In most most of the games, I think I think in the second game against Dallas on Monday, I think I was a little – I didn't love – I didn't love their overall energy level. And uh, but you know they still had their chances. I mean, Ottinger is just a. World they player. came. They came back. They had pressure. They got shots on. Like I, I'm. I'm really not like every game they went down. So, but we'll focus on the positives first. They went down in I think every single one of these games. They climbed their asses back into each one. Like there was there was always hope, and it's nice to know that like when this team see the, I'm giving backhanded compliments right now. When this team goes down two or three in the first. 10 minutes of a game you know that we're not out of it 
Like, you know that there is hope. You know this team is not going to give up. They're going to storm back into this game. All they need is to just get back on the wagon. The problem is, is now we jump into here consistent. I'm not even talking about a specific game here. These are just consistent trends. First off, giving up early leads because it seems like we just are not awake the first five, ten minutes of the game, whether it be defense or goaltending. And fuck, man, uh, we, we were doing so good on the PK and then we just blew it in spectacular fashion. I think I think the like this sounds like a power play statistic, but in that last Dallas game, the PK was one for four. Like that's usually a power play statistic. Like your power play was one for four. No, 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 no. Our PK was one for four. Yeah, they allowed three power. Like plays. that. That is just abysmal. And yeah, on top of all of that, and then I'll I'll let you take all because I want you to hit on all these points. The response goals. Holy fuck! Can we can we tie a game without immediately fucking giving up a goal? No. <laughs> <laughs> why would we do that? I, why? <laughs> why would we want you know just boring run in the mill hockey chance? We want to see these storylines where we have to tie every game up in the last five minutes. Fuck sakes! Yeah. It's just so yeah. I love the resiliency. I love the resiliency of this team because they always try to battle back. They never give up. And I love that our offense is scoring. Like, we're, we, we're not, I'm not sitting here worried that we're going to be able to score goals in the playoffs. I'm worried that we're not going to score enough of them because our defensive issues are so bad that it's. So, here, give me, give me your first take on all i mean all that stuff that i talked about right now like give me we'll start with the last first response goals where is this is this a defensive problem is this the goaltender not fucking paying attention what the fuck yeah so i think i think this is just i think this is a focus issue right so i mean thinking back to when we were playing right you're you're basically you know you score this goal you have all this momentum you're still kind of celebrating that goal right i mean you're basically lined up and not ready to play yet and then the other team wins the draw and goes down and scores and i think i think that's that is concerning i think that's just in general i think that's you know that's something that that the team is going to have to work on but that's it's a prep thing right it's a you know getting getting the the guys and getting everyone back into that you know mindset of okay let's you know, hacks that needs to say, "Hey, we got a game. We have to play two hundred feet Let's, hockey, you know, kind of thing." It's not. Yeah, exactly. Ex- instead exactly. of instead of thinking that we're immediately yeah. just going to go down and fucking score a goal and just oh, oh, okay, the the wheels are on now. We're just going to fucking out. We're just going to run them out of the building now. Like they're going to be sad and they're going to just be upset with themselves for letting a goal in. That they're just going to like let us settle in for the next five minutes. You know, not trying to right. score their own goal. Right. I mean, you, you know, so it's just a prep thing. Like you got to you have to jump back and be ready to go. And so, yeah, that's definitely one of the concerning things. I think I think one of the other big things that you touched on is in the playoffs. Right. You, you do want to see the resiliency. Right. And I think that's that is something like you said, we can kind of underline and highlight is being able to come back from from some of these goals. Right. But if you look specifically highlighting the Ottawa Senators game, they were down 3-0. You cannot do that in the playoffs. I mean, just the, you know, it's just a higher level of hockey to where going down three goals, you want to see that resiliency, but man, you just cannot do that, right? You can you can sit there and pat yourself on the back for coming back and, and making it 3-3, and I think they ended up going up 4-3, right? So they scored four unanswered, but you cannot do that in the playoffs, especially against, you know, the, the, some of those teams, right? I mean, you know, 
you're not going to be able to do that against Colorado. You're not going to be able to do that against some teams that just have a shutdown system that works really well. So I, I agree. I think it's good to see the resiliency. I think that's something to kind of tip your hat to. But you, you like you said, you don't want to go down to begin with, right? You don't want to go down three goals and then try to claw your way no, back, why, back why up. Why is out this out becoming a thing? thing? Why is it that we have to always climb out of a two to three goal deficit the first ten minutes into a game? Again, preparation, man. I just don't. I just get this weird feeling, and this is, I think, inexperience on mm. the Hackstall side of things. And I'm not saying it's all him, right? I mean, you still have to understand that you are making millions of dollars to play a sport, and you got to find that inner drive to 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 wake up from your nap at two p.m. and go play a seven p.m. game, right? Like you're a professional, you got to figure out how to do that. But I do think there is a side of things where you know. He, he, I don't even know if he, you know, he probably goes in that locker room call, you know, just based on what I've seen from his interviews and shit. He's just a little boring, right? He's just a little bland. So it's like, you know, does he actually fire the guys up for a game? I couldn't tell you, to be honest. And then all of a sudden they're down 3-0, right? So I, I got to think, you know, I got to think there's probably some sort of preparation focus issue. And then that's, and then, and then you're already down 3-0. So. Um, yes, I mean, really some good things that did come out of some of these games, like you said, we, you know, try to highlight on some of those things. I mean, Vince Dunn's a fucking Mm -hmm. stud, you know, you, you, you want to see the offense doing what it's been doing. I think Bjorkstrand has been coming back around. He's really, you know, second half of the season has started to figure it out, right? That's great news. Uh, Tolvanen is, is a beast, right? Like we've talked about. And then, and then Maddie is just a consistent two way, 200 foot player. Right. So, I mean. There really is a lot of positives. Unfortunately, all those positives are on the yeah. front end of things, like you're saying, right? That's that you know nine or what is it? Twelve guys up front are rolling, right? But then, how deflating is it to you know score four goals against the the Ottawa Senators and get beat yeah. five fucking four, right? I mean, that's just so deflating. I don't you just I don't know how much longer you can you just look at the positives of scoring that many goals and then continue to to do that. So. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it's a little concerning and, and when we can get into it when we start digging through the games a little bit, but yeah, I mean, you got to start thinking preparation for the playoffs instead of just, you know, Oh, regular season game, right? We got 82 of these left or 81 of these left. No, we don't. We got mm-hmm. 16, right? So, you know, got to start thinking how this contributes to a first round playoff series against the Kings who are hot as fuck. Well, right if we now, keep dropping, it's right? going to be either, it could be Dallas or it could be Vegas too. Exactly. Exactly. You keep, you keep, you know, and, and yes, like, you know, two of these three were one goal games, really, really pretty good battles. I mean, you know, taking Dallas to OT on Saturday is, is good to see, right? You want to see that stuff. But, you know, you think back to, to a lot of these playoff series, these good series and stuff, the, the response of a 5-4 loss against the Ottawa Senators, in theory, is usually a 2-1, 1-0 kind of game the next game. And unfortunately, with the way that this team is built, that is just never going to happen in the playoffs. And that's what's concerning, right? We don't have when we need to buckle down and and play defense and have good goaltending. This this year, we just haven't seen that, right? So it's like that's what's concerning about it. And then dropping three in a row, obviously. Well, and it's and the problem is is that we don't have either. Defense that can bail out a struggling goalie or an elite goaltender that can bail out a struggling defense. We just don't have either of those things. 
um, like on a on a you know you can you can have one or the other and kind of get away with it. You can't have both. And the problem is is that while it, and we're gonna go on record here because we are this is a podcast we've been tough on. Excuse me, both goalies, uh, especially Philip Grubauer when he was doing bad. Um, I, none of these losses I think are on the goalies primarily. It's it's they're they're a factor yeah. in the sense that they're a non-factor. Like they're like, are we losing the games because of the goalies? No, but it it just sucks that we don't have. Like, when was the last time that we heard that Martin Jones or Philip Grubauer stole a game for the Kraken? I don't right. think all year. You could maybe maybe there's a game that you and I are you know maybe you could argue against the Boston game, uh, you know something like that. But like, other than that, it's far few and in between. More often than not, we are outscoring our problems that are created by the defense or the goalie, and. Looking at these games, I'm gonna I'm gonna say, you know, there was a lot of goals scored against us over the course of these three games, and I'm gonna say maybe one or two per game were on the goalie. Um, most of them were, you know, defensive lapses. Like you've got, uh, it's clear in my mind right now. There's this tweet we should probably retweet it. Of it was the first Dallas game where literally everybody was in a conga line in front of Grubauer. Like it was, it was, it was the tip goal. Uh, where uh, Dickhead batted it out of the air and it went in, it was it was redirected behind Grubauer. Literally, all four or five Kraken players were line, in a perfect line screening Philip Grubauer. Just to pivot, I think Pavelski, yep, the high it. tip, right? Yep. Yeah. It was. I mean, great hand-eye coordination, good goal, but there was no chance because all of our fucking guys don't know what they. I think it's it's kind of getting to the point. We even saw this. Not to compare our shitty AC. What, what, what league do we play? ACHA. Yeah, our our shitty beer league stuff. But like, it's a problem of like when you, when your offense finally like hits a point where you just have no confidence in your defense, you start leaving your own assignments to try to help. Like you've got wingers that are dipping down too low. You've got centers that are trying to play defensive jobs, and 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 then it just gets worse because then the offense is blowing their own coverages and no, you know it's Christ. I I think. I, it seemed like when we were playing back at U of I, our number one problem was we just couldn't keep the puck from going up to the point in our defensive zone because our wings would sink so low um, because we were trying to help out the D. And it's just it's a habit that you have to get over. But understandably, like when you're looking at our defense, like especially the Seattle Kraken, and you've got Jamie Elysiak who doesn't understand the concept of cover your side of the fucking ice – you understandably go like, well, fuck, somebody's got to cover the guy in front of the net. And then you go low and then your point man's open and then you're, and, and then it just causes more problems. So, you know, on, on other teams, you know, like a Marc-Andre Fleury or a Shesterkin or a Vasilevsky, an Ottinger, uh, these guys, like they can, they're good. They're elite goaltenders. They can make up for these defensive lapses. Our goalies are not. Our goalies will make the saves they're supposed to make. And sometimes make an extraordinary save. But more often than not, they're not. They're going to stop the first puck and then maybe stop the second puck. But if you if, if rebounds are coming, and I mean, it's clear as day, especially in the the second Dallas game, I mean, Jones was just a victim. Of, like, he would, he'd easily make the first save, but nobody is there for fucking rebound control. And they're just banging them home. And it's not, I'm, I'm not going to, it's, so I guess it's more of the goalies get a pass on this just because like it's it's not their fault. Like I wish they were elite goaltenders and could bail the defense out. They're but they're just not. They're they're 
aggressively mediocre to good goalies. They're not elite goalies. And they can't, they're just not going to have the skill to be able to bail a team out with horrific defensive lapses like the Kraken have. And unfortunately, it seems like any time that Vince Dunn leaves the ice, we're going to have these issues. Yeah. I mean, if, 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 and honestly, if, you know, not knowing him personally, but I'm sure him and Larson would love to stay out there for 40 minutes a game because, I mean, you know, that would at least decrease the amount of goals. And not saying that Vince Dunn and, and Adam Larson play perfect defense but they're also on the ice and and contributing offensively to where you know each night they're they're plus one plus two and and i know that's a that's a flawed stat but i mean that's really the only d pair that you can look at and say yeah i mean this is you know this is working right i mean this is this is you know someone that we can actually trust out there not from not even from a goalie standpoint from from an offensive standpoint too right i I don't remember which game it was, but maybe it was Ottawa. But even Turbo, and this is to your point, right? Turbo felt the need to come all the way down into the fucking slot. Turbo looked like a man on fire, man. Like, that guy was skating his fucking ass off. That guy gets at least one breakaway a game. God, I wish wish he was a skill player that could bury a breakaway because I it seems like it's a bit hyperbole, but God, it seems like he gets at least one breakaway a game. He just needs to he needs to hop onto YouTube and just type in Michael Grabner breakaways and just fucking like because that he's just this, cra- like there there was a guy growing up that we just called Crazy Legs because yeah. he was the same way you know he'd basically blow by the goalie without scoring a goal but he you know beat a guy from he was at the red line they were at the blue line and he's just too damn fast you know the little yeah Smith oh that's I mean shit that's what uh, I've become in my in my later years as a beer league player like I. I have legs. I've I've stayed in shape as I get a little older, and uh, my my legs are still okay. But my hands have gone to trash. I have no shot. Like I, it's, I might as well just try to. I just need to get my hands back and dangle because I, my shot is just such trash. On a breakaway, you just throw on the brakes and snow the goalie and pass it it's back. It's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> it's fucking. I. It's. We yeah. had a beer league game last night. I. I swore. I think I had at least nine shots. No goals. Yeah. I just. You know. I. I mean, we're just beating a dead horse here because that pairing of Borgen and Alexiak, I know people love, but people yeah. love both of them, right? And I think that's okay. Like like the players that you want to like. But to me, that that's a third pairing D, the way it's set up right now. Because you, you turn on the game, they've scored a goal, and God forbid it's probably that fucking so- Elysiac was minus one in the first out in the second Dallas game, minus one in the se- in the first Dallas game, and minus three in the Ottawa game. And maybe maybe Ottawa is just for some reason fresher in my mind, but there, there's just multiple situations where he, he either gives the puck away, right? So I, I can think of one where he- Borgen was minus two in the second Dallas game, minus one in the first Dallas game, and a minus three in the Ottawa game. I mean that that's a problem, right? I mean, like, I don't know how you can look. At, I don't know how you can watch these games and know anything about hockey and say that that is a D pairing that you want to be going up against second lines in the NHL. Dry sidle centering a fucking line. I don't want those guys out there when either him or McDavid are on the let's ice. Put it, I just let's, don't want and, and to put things in perspective, because, you know, like we're, we're not picking on them for, you know, because we're just dicks and we're trying to figure it out. Vit, well, OK, yeah. Uh, Vince Dunn, Ottawa game. The Ottawa game where we lost 5-4, Vince Dunn was a plus four. 
We lost that game 5-4 and he was plus four. <laughs> Dallas, oh, Dallas, we I lost mean, that game. What was it? 6-4? I could be wrong. 5-2 was okay. the second one and 4-3 sure. was the... So first Dallas game, uh, zero. And Dallas, uh, the second game, again, we lost plus two. Like it's 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 obviously coming from this D pair. So is I are we sitting here going? Is it the player? Like is is Elysiac just poison on whatever line he's on right now, or is it is the pairing of Elysiac and Borgen a problem? They both look confused out there. Uh, they both they both uh, they like they, they must not hang out uh, off the ice. Because you can tell that they don't their communicate. Coverage they don't just, like. They don't, they don't know, know what their coverage is. Their coverage is garbage, dude. There was one play, uh, Jesus. Just I think it was the Ottawa game, where Borgen is on the, the puck is in, say the left corner of left of Grubauer, and Borgen is is on that post, right? So he's playing where he should be, right? He's he's on the left side, maybe you know they they switched, right? So it probably fucking threw off Alexiak because he's not on the left side or something. I don't fucking know, but. Borgen is there, right? He is playing defense, and he, you know, he and when he's there, he's he's a decent defender. He's not bad. Alexiak leaves his post on the back door and goes towards Borgen, right? And just leaves a guy wide open on the back door. I actually, I think it, I think it was Ottawa because I think it was the, I think it was the, uh, I think it was the game-winning goal. I, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was the game-winning goal where it's like. Oh no 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 no! It was definitely the Dallas game because it was uh, they tied it back up right and then and then sent it into uh, sent it in OT. But it was just like, what are you thinking, dude? Find a fucking white jersey around the area that you're supposed to be in, or use your six foot six fucking frame and stay in the place that you're supposed to be. But move your fucking stick around. I it just he kills me, man. He is he is a terrible. He terrible just looks defenseman. lost. Like he literally, he just he looks he just terribly looks lost out there. Like he he does. Like he gets into the defensive zone and he looks like he does not know where he is. And it it's just frustrating because you you can see it. Like you know it. And especially when like your job is to clear out the front of the net. Like use your fucking bo- like you said. Use your body. Like you're in time. Like huge. If you it, worst case scenario, if you have no idea what the fuck you're doing. Find a guy in front of the net and move his ass. Clear like, that's worst-case scenario. Instead, Basically. instead he's, like, standing there just watching the play, and it's just, oh, it's, it's frustrating. And Borgen, like, I don't I don't know where Borgen's coming from. And So I'm looking at daily faceoff right now, looking at the, the defensive pairings, and, and the problem is, is I don't know what else you do. Because, like, yeah, you could probably improve Borgen or Elysiac by pairing them with Schultz. But then you've either got Borgen or Elysiac on a line with Megna, who is not playing well. Yeah, that's we, we definitely not that we paid an extraordinary extraordinary amount for him, but Christ on sale, like he is like that was definitely the Will Carlson effect, okay. or the Eric Carlson effect. Yeah, I I am with you. I I I I just don't notice Schultz as much. Right. And so I think I think to me that I would just much rather see he's got actual uh-huh. game experience. Hey, so I'd much rather see him against some of these. He's more of an offensive is defenseman. Hayden a defenseman? Right? But I would. Hayden. Who? Yeah. John Hayden. 
No. Okay. Uh, no. Do we have anybody in the a- in in Coachella that could maybe give it a whirl? I mean, that's what Megna was supposed to be. Megna was supposed to be the I seventh know, guy. And he's not. And it's in the. And that's you the sad part. We're looking at. For we don't have rounder. anybody on IR that's coming back on D. Is Dones going to play all this year? I mean. Okay. I don't think so. Done, I think done. he is. God, that would that would complicate but, things anyway. But for me, right? So I mean, you think lefty and righty on D pairing, right? You, you try to you try to do that as much as you can. Schultz is a righty. Uh, I think Susie's a lefty, mm-hmm. right? But I don't want Alexiak with anybody. I I want to I want to hide Alexiak on that third pairing, but that means that you have to drop Borgen, who who really Borgen isn't Borgen is not a bad defenseman, right? I mean he he really so isn't what, that force, bad. If I you if force I Schultz noticed, to play lefty and stick him with Borgen while Elysiak and Menga are on the third line, fuck, they better get they better get five minutes a night because that line is a liability every time it hits the ice. Yeah, I, I, and that's honestly that's the problem that I think Hackstall's running into is what the fuck do right. I do, right? Francis didn't bring it, bring me anybody. They they don't, they don't chance they have a top two. They do not have even a three and a four. No, they're all they're all third. As they're much third as pairing. as much as people love Borgen, and maybe Borgen's their third defenseman, right? I'll I'll, I'll be try to be nice, right? And Schultz is their fourth. You can't put those two together. They're also probably a liability, right? It's just to me, yeah. It's just been the highlight, and 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 I do think you know, following a little bit of crack in Twitter, I do think people are starting to realize this a little bit more, right? I do think you know, and that and and a lot of that is just the 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 Grubauer stands, sure. right? I think I think you know, trying to throw it at the at the defense, but I'd rather them finally come around to the fact that. We needed to do something defensively at the at the deadline to help out our subpar goaltending, right? Or, or our great our great Grubauer goaltending, right? We needed still something to help them out if we're going to do anything in the playoffs, right? And it's just to me, these three games are a great indicator of, you know, you you cannot let in fourteen goals in three games and expect to win anything. And a lot of this surrounds right. The no, I, absolutely. And I think I'm to kind of drive home the point that you just made. Um, Jamie Elysiak, uh, total ice time in the last three games, uh, going from last game back, 1827, 1826, 2032. If we jump over to Megna, who is supposed to be getting less time than him because he's third pairing. So Megna has been out of the line. He's been a scratch and tell up this last game in the third Dallas game. He skated 1718. So not even barely even a minute less than Elysiac, who is a full line ahead of him. So it shows that, he, like, Haxtell is trying to limit as much ice time as he can for that Elysiac line. Yeah, I mean, in theory, you should see, in reality, you should see that top D pairing at 24-25. By the way, right, Dunn's ice time, uh, last Dallas game, 23-01, uh, first Dallas game, 26-16, uh, Ottawa, 24-01. That's a first. That's a first yeah. pairing defenseman, yeah. though, right? I mean, that's that's what you expect to see from them. Your second pairing, you're expecting, you know, twenty minutes a night, and then your third pairing's down around that sixteen mm-hmm. minutes or so, right? I think you know that's a good, you know, digression of first. Do you try? Do you sacrifice? So, so I just follow my logic on this. Do you sacrifice the, like the good, solid, accountable, offensive producing, defensive, solid line of Dunn and Larson, and move Larson to the second line? 
to balance out the talent. Like you're making your you're gonna make your first pairing worse, but say say you put Borgen on the first line with Dunn, and then you move Larson down with Elysiac or or you know anybody else. Like it, I mean, you could take your pick here. Say say you make an entirely new second line of Larson and uh, Schultz or uh, you know uh, 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 Megna or whatever you know whatever the hell. Um, do you do that to try to balance out the lines? Do you try to do it? I don't hate it. I don't hate it. And the only reason... Oh, man. I don't know. So, I mean, Dunn's, Dunn's knock before he came over to the Kraken, right, before he was an expansion yep. draft, was he doesn't really know how... To, he's an offense. He's a fourth off, you know, sure. fourth forward, right? So I think that's that's where I would get concerned is now your top D pairing is going up against the McDavid's and dry saddles of the world. And you have a guy who is up until this point considered a liability on defense, Larson's right? Scary. And then you add in Borgen who, who Borgen's not, a, not a bad guy. He's not terrible defensively. Uh, just, you know, from what I've seen, but he's not a, he's not a Connor McDavid no. defenseman. He's not a, you know, fucking Jesus. I mean, you know, go down the list here, right? So I, I think that's where it concerns. I mean, you're basically trying to put a Band-Aid on a league's Alexiak where he just needs to sit on that fucking third D pairing. So you figure out your top four, and then he needs to be he needs to be 16 and 9 yeah. tops. I, I mean, you know, so, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what and, – and Hackstall's probably thinking the same thing sitting in his bed at night. Like, what the fuck do I actually do here? Because this clearly isn't working. It hasn't worked no. all year. Right, it, it, it didn't, he didn't do anything last year, and, and I hate the people who say he's got nine goals. Good, good for that, dude. I'd rather, I'd rather him have zero goals and not be fucking minus six yeah. through three games. Yeah, absolutely. Right, or, or whatever, whatever it is. Right. So, I, just to me, like, uh, I don't know. I, that's, I, I don't even know what I would do. I think Hackstall's fucking hands are somewhat tied as well. So I can't even, I can't even say Hackstall's being an idiot by his deep pairings selection mm-hmm. right he just he, he's dealt a horrible hand of defensive cards yeah. right i mean that's where we're right. at well so. and i'm, yeah, I'm staring at i'm staring at the coachella valley uh roster right now and i mean looking at anybody here that's got even a remotely decent amount of points or you know time on ice or anything i mean i'm looking at Jimmy Schultz, he's got eight goals and 15 assists in 54 games. I think he leads all defensemen on the team. Um, no, uh, Brogan Rafferty, seven goals and 35 assists. That's an old Ducks boy. Brogan? Yep, Brogan okay. Rafferty, So, man. obviously, we're not... I think he... I think he played so, he, he's a career AHLer. We're not moving him up? Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I wouldn't. Um, yeah, I, I think ideally... Right. How about right? How about Riker I, Evans? Yeah, uh, he, young five kid, goals, right? 30s, I, by his I think they drafted him. Very young. Yeah, I think they drafted five him. goals, thirty um, assists. I, you're always concerned with defensemen not having NHL experience sure. going into the. Here, let me look at so let me look at defensemen with uh, plus minuses. So Rafferty's got ni- uh, plus minus of nineteen. You've got. Uh, Olofsson of plus Brogan, eight. Name. Riker Evans is at plus 19 as well. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, hate to say it, it would take an injury to get them there, but it mm-hmm. probably would. Um, personally, personally, you know, 
what I would do, I don't want to mess with, and I'll leave it at this because we've kind of dogged on it for yeah. a, little, a little while here. I would, wouldn't touch that first pairing. They've been doing really well. I like Larson. He balances out Dunn. I think it's great. Um, I know Magna hasn't played good, but he's also not getting as much of minutes. And, and, and honestly, it could this could honestly be defensive mm-hmm. systems, right, is why he's yep. not playing as well. But, you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him with Schultz. Right, if you think yep. back to him yep. and Carlson, this is that's exactly yep. what it was. Um, so maybe, so maybe that's what you do, and then uh, you know, and then and then Alexiak and and uh, and Borgen on that last pairing, and you just drop Susie to seven. So um, I'm not sure. I, I don't even know what the answer is, but uh, unfortunately, I know what right. the wrong answer is, and it's leaving Alexiak and fucking Borgen. Right, on and and that's and I think that kind of ropes into like before. Like we made early predictions and, you know, now, now that the deadline's passed and the, I think we were so heated and everything because like our original, you know, now, now that the, the dust has settled, like I, I firmly almost very much believe in our preseason prediction of first round exit for this team. Um, and, and we're not in, and I'm not here to do a victory lap for us. Like, that's not what I'm trying to say. I think is, is the team has been over playing like we what we thought and i think at the deadline we were thinking like okay you know like yeah we 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 were expecting first round exit we can do better with an addition like we we actually have a shot to get out of the first round like that's within reach if we just if we make one or two tweaks here i don't know maybe like a fucking third round for jacob chikrin holy shit i'm i don't know how long it's gonna take for me to get over that i'm so fucking livid about it yeah i still oh man i'm so fucking livid about it even Ghost, dude. Ghost. Like Ghost. You could have re-signed Ghost. Ghost. Is yeah, maybe, maybe I'm more about. Fine. Maybe I'm more mad about that. Yeah, like that's he, that's fine. He's not in your complete window, but I mean, he's also not forty by the time that you, you right. know you're competing for cups, right? Like, I mean, you know, get in five years, he's sure. still thirty-two. I mean, fuck. I mean, the guy has a fifty. Right, and you're not selling. The, you're not right? selling like, the future for Shane Goss's bear. So exactly third rounder, yeah. come on, you yeah, could have given up a second rounder. And and, and you know what? All the people that fucking uh, go after us on Twitter about oh you can't sell the future, like who the fuck n- name a third round pick that is doing dick all in this league right now? Yeah, I I think Jake Gensel. Great. I <laughs> uh, you know what. <laughs> I would it's have a I would have a great running league. start in the NHL too if I was skating next and learning from Sidney Crosby. I mean, yeah, probably. yeah. I think I think anybody that skates on a line with with twenties Sidney Crosby is gonna do just fine. Right. Anybody, yeah, he's getting into his older years, and and anybody that's gonna have to skate with him is now kind of picking up the slack a little bit as Crosby turns more into an elite playmaker and less of a an elite two way player. But still, though, like that. Oh yeah, that's a nice little. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely, you're you're. It's it's like I mean, Christ. I was I was about to say anybody skating on the wings of Connor McDavid, but apparently that's not even good enough for some people. Fucking Ryan Nugent Hopkins's entire fucking job description might as well be guy that was selected to skate next to Connor McDavid. Guy that was still around that skates yeah, next to that's, Connor. That's literally, I mean, even, that's and they're going to phase him out with Kyler Yamamoto here soon. So, yeah, yeah, I, I don't, that's fucking nuts. So, 
I just don't understand that. I think that there could have been. So I think that's where our frustration comes from of like, so now that dust is settled and the anger's calmed down and like, this is the situation we're dealt with. Like, I mean, yeah, it's, I, it's cool that we're probably going to be right. And this is going to be a first round exit because this team is pretty much guaranteed to make the playoffs. I, I understand that there's, you know, it's not guaranteed until you actually get the X next to your team name, but I mean, looking at the standings right now, uh, the Kraken are, well, let's take a look real quick. It's like the one thing I didn't pull up. I even had the, I even had the Coachella Valley Firebirds as roster pulled up, but I didn't have NHL standings. There you go. I'm, I'm honestly Thank impressed. you. Thank you. I was looking at, I, I should know the AHL teams a little better. I do like how they have a lot more fun. Um, so Seattle Kraken sitting, uh, currently as of recording on March 15th, uh, with 81 points, uh, the closest bubble team is Nashville with 75. So six points out. Granted, Nashville does have three, uh, two games in hand. Cal- fucking Calgary. Seattle has one game in hand on Calgary, and they're at 74. Calgary's so fucked. Yeah, it's... yeah Calgary's, Calgary's done. Um, it just sucks that, you know, like last episode we kind of mentioned it. Like Seattle could probably get in the way with playing 500 hockey for the rest of the season and still make the playoffs. I don't think that was something that we were actually hoping for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that wasn't like a, that, that wasn't like a fucking scenario. goal. Like we don't need to be playing 500. We should play better <laughs> hockey. Um, but like, as of today, we're in a first wild card spot, which is going to have us playing uh, Vegas <laughs> and uh, Vegas seems to be, I think Jonathan quick is on his fucking revenge tour. Yeah, he's granted the last game wasn't his most solid performance, but he still got the W um, and you're going to give up, you know, the the bottom dweller right now. All the shitty teams are winning and it's that time of year. You know, it's that time of year where all the shitty teams are actually trying and all the other teams are trying to rest for the playoffs and they don't give a fuck about wins. Um, They got guys that are trying to make the. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's it's that time of year where you're getting weird scores at the end of the day, like Chicago's on a fucking. What are they on? I think they're on like a. Oh, I guess not. Never mind. I thought they win a couple. They just beat yeah, Boston yeah. yesterday, and, and they fucking Coyotes that. are five three and two. Good for them. Coyotes are good for them. Uh, but yeah, we did uh, actually. So that is some news that we didn't even write down in our script. But uh, so Boston is the first team to officially clinch a playoff spot, and I believe San Jose is the first team to officially be eliminated from playoff contention. Yep. Uh, yep. That's exactly. Are, are we surprised on either of these accounts? No. No. But I am surprised Boston losing to fucking Chicago. They they don't they don't give a fuck. They don't give a flying fuck. It's it's they they make the playoffs and then they're gonna they're gonna coast until because I mean it's it's President's Trophy doesn't mean dick all. They don't care. And you know what? You know what? They could still win the President's Trophy if they don't if they lose. You know, they've got nine points on the Carolina Hurricanes as the closest team to them. Yeah, it's it's fucking stupid. 15 points on Vegas and they're leading the West. So, yeah, Boston's going to be fine. There I wouldn't I, if I'm a Boston fan, I'm not worried at all even in the slightest. Um this shit tends to happen this time of year where bad teams beat good teams. Uh but anyway, uh back to Seattle. Seattle's sitting at a first wild card spot, 81 points. Nashville's at 75. Uh and Nashville 7-2 and 1. Uh three-game winning streak, pretty good, but they've made it very clear that they're sellers and uh i think maybe we'll see kind of a regression here of the of the team you know maybe they'll be swapping in some ahl guys or whatever um fairly certain that dave Poyle is 
or at least Barry Trotz as well, uh, does not want this team sneaking into the playoffs. Yeah. Calgary would love that, but apparently that's just not something that they're interested in doing. 14 overtime losses. To who? <laughs> for Calgary. For who? Calgary. Predators? Calgary has Calgary. 14 overtime losses. They're 30, 24, and 14. That's some Daryl Sutter hockey. Fucking battling for that loser point. Holy shit. If those... God, I hate the loser point so much. It makes it makes so much... We used to, you know, like, we were sold this bill of goods of, like, oh, you know, it won't be that big a deal. Like, there, there won't be teams that actually, like, you know, get close to a playoff spot because of overtime losses. It, every year, we're sitting here going, like, there's two or three teams that have terrible records, but because they lost in overtime, they're an outside bubble team. Like, if we, combi- if we combined that, what's... You're the math guy, 24 plus 14. 38? 38 so they'd be 30 and 38. That is that is not even a 500 team, but because 14 of these games were in overtime, they're somehow within semi-striking distance of playoffs. I wasn't even on the docket for GMs though, so wasn't wasn't even no, a consideration. not even a future consideration. <laughs> That's right. Well. Hey, before we jump into some yeah. of the other fun, I think that's probably probably enough cracking yeah. talk and, and cracking bashing from my sure. perspective. Uh, so uh, let, let's go. Let's hear a word from our okay. sponsors here. Uh, so it is March Madness. It is March, technically March fifteenth for anybody that didn't know. Uh, ready for the underdogs, the upsets, and the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook? The biggest tournament in college basketball is here. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet. I love that. During round one and two of the tournament. Anything that rhymes is easy for me to understand. Uh, Go to the app. Opt in and place a no-sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus. Get back to up to $10. So that's pretty good. Uh, you, you're going to watch any of this chance? We were kind of talking about a little bit of basketball before, yeah. before the show. You got anyone that you're, uh, yeah. you're going I mean, for? I'm Gonzaga. not, well, no, actually it's funny. I, uh, I'm as, as somebody who has been born and raised in the inland Northwest, North Idaho boy, um, I, I tend to, uh, shy away from rooting for Gonzaga, uh, mostly because I've, I, there's, there's a lot of very fervent diehard Zags fans here and I just don't want to become them. And, uh, and uh, because it seems like they're like, you know, the closest thing to uh, them be akin to them is like a Toronto Maple Leafs fan where you're just like, I'm ready to be hurt again. Like, I just, I, I know nothing about basketball and yet I know the Zags will not win because they just can't finish. So I'm, I, no, I'm not until the Zags can show me that they actually will do it. I'm never going to pick. Um, there is actually one year where I, I, I'm usually pretty good at this bracket thing. I, I, I get into like the money ball zone. And I just look at stats yeah. and I just go like statistics. Nice. And I think honestly that helps me. Like I know nothing about the stat. I just, I'm looking at hard numbers and I'm picking sure. something. And uh, there was one year I actually, I picked uh, North. I, I won the pool uh, at our, at my old job uh, with no- a North Carolina pick. Yeah. I even picked the, I even picked the the final matchup. So it was, I was, I was pretty impressed with that. Um, I, I do enjoy college basketball much more. If I have to watch a basketball game, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a huge I'd rather watch basketball over baseball, but basketball is not even really my thing. 
Uh, that being said, I would rather watch college basketball over the NBA any day. I mean, that's not even no, a question. No, well, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. Um, I, it was. I think it was just a problem because, like, you, you know, we went to U of I, and uh, U of I's basketball team, even though they got this brand new shiny basketball court, they didn't, never really accomplished much. Um, I mean, they were better than the football team. Oh well, that wasn't fuck. We could have been better than the football <laughs> it's team. It's not that hard to beat. Yeah, uh, yeah. Us, if you, if us and the rugby team put a football team together, we probably could have beat them. We could have at least, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, whereas, yeah, the, so basketball, you know, when we went to U of I, basketball was never really our sport. So, um, unfortunately, it just never was something I got into. But you know what? I I have definitely that being said, especially all through high school kind of weird like we would in the middle of like class like any other holiday now nah, we just pretend and we just do it our lesson but like during class for ncaa tournaments like march madness and shit we for some reason there's a tv going in the background the one time we're allowed to put on something on tv in high school it was always fucking college basketball so in any case um yeah uh i don't know i think uh, who's i mean usual suspects are like uh what uh villanova Duke, North Carolina, Zags. Uh, I'm just naming off teams in the past. I haven't followed it at all, really. Um, but no, I, I usually if somebody hands me a bracket, I I, I have fun filling it out, and uh, I have a good time. And if there's a game on, uh, definitely definitely fun. It, it's the, the March Madness is always definitely a blast. Uh, I wish I wish college hockey was like it. Yeah. Well, folks, even if you're like Chance and I, you can get in on that action. So go ahead and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly, win or lose. That's an important thing there. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Nice. Nice. Love that. Love that. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll do my best to try to watch some of that. All right, uh, getting out of some cracking talk here. A lot, of, a lot of stuff going on in the league, uh, actually. And uh, probably the biggest news that we'll get to first is the annual NHL GMs meeting. Mm. Where uh, all, the, all the GMs get around. Uh, it, I, I don't know if you guys know this. Once a year, all the GMs get in a room together, and they compare dick sizes. And uh, that... Yeah, so you see, you think you think the draft is based on ping pong balls? No, mm-hmm. no, it's not. It's not that at all. It's 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 all based on GM dick size. Well, I haven't seen it, but I hope Pat Verbeek of the Ducks is just has an absolute <laughs> surgeon on there. Because I'm just Gary Batman, dra- draft day, Batman walks in with a tape measure. All the GMs are just there with fucking penis pumps. Oh, gosh. Fluffers. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is exactly yeah, what happened. That's, that is definitely it. No, um, NHL GMs come in. It sounds like from our hockey insiders that uh, not too much is is on the horizon for changes-wise. Um we could talk, I mean, so delay of game is talked about expanding. I, I remember reading a little article about uh, the idea was talked about, about expanding coaches challenges, um, which, which got mixed results again. Um, 
fights at, you know, fights is come up again. We can get to that in a second. Um, what do you, what do you, what's your take on, on this latest G it, it seems like norm because normally these GM meetings are pretty boring. Like they go in and they talk about like, yeah, do we want to bring back two line passes? No. Okay. Break. Cool. Let's, right, let's bring in the cocaine and the hookers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Um, I just, everything I had seen, it was it, like, like you said, it was just kind of a slow one. So, you know, there's usually like one or two topics that they probably just kind of, you know, get into a little bit. And it seemed like this year they were all just tired or there wasn't anything good enough that got brought up to where, you know, kind of got into a heated battle and, and, or there's no you know, consensus Eisenman and Francis and, or no consensus. Yeah, that's that's definitely possible. But yeah, yeah, not a lot of stuff. I think one of the most interesting ones that is just kind of highlighted for me was uh, fights after clean hits. I think that's an interesting topic. I think that's one as fans that we kind of discuss on Twitter in the in the in the comment sections quite a bit. And so it's definitely interesting to see that that was on the docket. But it doesn't sound like anything really came of it. And so you know, uh, just another thing to to have in a bullet point in a presentation i'm just right? let's i mean let's so. let's nip that in the bud right now because so on on the on the heels of that news came out that the q what what's what's the jumble of fucking letters it's the kj kju what 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 what, what is that quebec junior uh quebec junior hockey league kjhl whatever K Q yeah Q J M okay yeah whatever the fuck that that league is you know it's already it's already been kind of a joke compared to the other junior leagues, um, high scoring league that has you know favors fast speedy guys over any sort of physicality, um, which usually translates to them not lasting very long in the NHL. Uh, Granted, there's exceptions, but like wasn't wasn't Lafreniere in the Q? I think he was a sure, but yeah, I don't. Alexis Lafreniere was not in the queue. That would. I mean, he definitely definitely sounds sounds like like he he is. In any case, uh, I digress on that. Uh, There's there is this small minority. It seems like growing minority rather of casual hockey fans, or maybe even pretentious douchebag analysts of our game that actually haven't like played or understand the culture of the game. I, I know I sound like the 500 hockey men of Canada right now, but fuck it. Uh, there's these guys that like, they, they've never played the game. They don't understand the game. They, they've never been on the ice. They don't understand how play works and they don't understand the role that fighting has. And to a hockey player, fighting can change momentum in a game. It can, it, it adds a spark to your team and it also can show that you're standing up for a player. I, I understand right. the years of, you know, policing the game are over. Grant, we, fuck, we could even go on its own tangent on that because, you know, ref, ref calling hasn't gotten any better. It, se- it seems like we've all just kind of accepted that refing is bad and we just deal with it. Like yeah. at this point, like we don't even try to like fix it. We just assume that refs are going to miss things or call things arbitrarily and we're just done with like we we just accept it like it's part of the game now and i don't i don't agree with that but there's not really much we can do once you right. get past that point you you go you dive into the idea of fighting in the game from a hockey standpoint there is it's not just mindless blood sport but even if it was 
Like, if you're going to argue about fighting in hockey, then you've got to be against MMA and boxing and all that kind of other stuff where there are hits to the head. So we could go down that route. But from from the practical standpoint, fighting is not just a, a stage show. Like, when a fight happens, especially in the pros, there's a reason behind it. Rarely is it just because a guy's trying to make his name on a team. Like, there's a reason, there's a response, there's a reason why fists are being thrown, and there's a goal behind it. And yeah. I just don't, like, there, you've got analysts out there, this Ian guy that writes for Yahoo. I, fuck, I, I don't even know how Yahoo Hockey is still, I, I have never liked any of their coverage, I swear. I didn't even know Yahoo was a, no, I didn't even Yahoo. know Yahoo was a fucking thing anymore. Uh, Yahoo is like Ash. Yeah, I was thinking AOL. Yeah, it's go. something like that. So I, I don't understand any. There's there's this small argument of like we need to make you know hockey no contact or get rid of fighting because of CTEs and whatnot. Look, th- these arguments are coming from the point of like, oh, these poor players are being forced to fight. We gladly want fighting in the league. There are players that have their entire career bought. Ryan Reeves would be out of this fucking league right now if fighting was gone. There are guys that make their entire career on fighting and changing momentum in a game. I understand it's not as part of the game as much anymore, but still there. So my point is from a practical standpoint, fighting is still there. Then on the entertainment standpoint, Taylor, let me, let me ask you go up to a casual or non hockey fan and ask them what they like about hockey. What's their number one answer? They can fight, mm. and it, it drives us up a wall. Like it's it as as somebody who just defended fighting, it does frustrate me when non hockey fans or casual fans go, "I love the f- yeah, oh yeah, hockey. I love hockey. I watch the f- love the fights." Because you roll your eyes and you're like, "There's more to the game. Like it's it's definitely a part of it, but there's way more to the game, especially nowadays." Yeah, but I think that's, you know, it's an right. entry, right? It's an entry into watching the sport and growing the game, right? Is, you know, like to your point, right? They come for the fights and then, holy shit, McDavid just walked the entire right. fucking team and then, you know, buried one top shelf. Like eventually that stuff comes around if they're actually interested in watching the game. So, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And I think talking about, I mean, there's kind of two points here, right? So there's the Q idea and then and then kind of what the GMs were going through. So with the queue, I, I to play devil's advocate, I do get it, right? So these are still technically oh, from kids. A health right? perspective, There's, sure. You know, I, but no one's forcing these kids right. to do it. If you don't want to fight, don't fight. Don't fight, exactly. And I think I think that's the thing is like I don't know how many injuries we actually see. They're from more like fighting. You right? get more hand injuries from fighting than actual concussions. Exactly. Like we're not seeing guys get dropped and then smoke their head and get a concussion nearly no. as much as we used to because the the, the linesman would let them More fucking often go than at not, it guys are punching but, you know, helmets nowadays. The they're not even like we don't gone are the days of you know pulling off the elbow pads throwing back the helmet and going for it like that that rarely happens nowadays yeah yeah and and to your point right it, it's not preparing them until the nhl says that there's no more fighting you cannot prepare a kid to play in the highest league in the world without fighting because they're going to get there and they're going to have a false sense of security right. essentially, right? So, and I, But I agree with you, right? So even, even going back to kind of what the GMs were talking about, which is fights after clean hits, 
the, technically the guy that laid the hit isn't required no. to fight, right? If he lays that hit and the guy and and you know the guy who got smoked buddy comes up and starts throwing punches at his head, that guy's going to see some fucking games, right? And then that's and and then that's where it is then policed, right? So it is policed at the the next level, not as well as it probably mm-hmm. should be, but. Revo fucking smacking these guys. I think it was the Red Wings game. Absolutely fucking destroyed a couple guys. And it was just like, you know, even Revo doesn't have to fight, right? Revo, you know, could go up to Ben Sherratt and be like, no, dude, that was a clean hit. Like, you're just, you're upset with me because I laid out your fucking player. And I get that. You know, and I totally understand old school hockey that people like like that was people liked the idea. And again, I'm going to go 500 old old hockey men here from Canada. That was, in my opinion, that was when hockey was a little better when the game policed itself, because the, the alternative is these refs making horrible judgment calls, calling calling this, but not calling that like how many it like God forbid if we actually can you believe if we actually ever saw a game where a ref called every single thing like it, it seems like every play when there's a battle in front of the net somebody's getting cross-checked in the back always like it's 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 like a part of the game yet it's never called because we know that some things are called and some things aren't like the the black and white stuff is called like god forbid if a puck flies out of your defensive zone over the glass Boy, we got to be on that Johnny on the spot. But you know, I, I've got I've been cross checked five times in my fucking uh, lower spine to the point where I'm gonna need to get a scoliosis exam. Uh, no, that's that's totally that's totally fine. Yeah, and so I mean, kind of jumping yeah. back to the clean hits, right? I, I I totally get it. I understand you know wanting to stick up for your teammates. And things like that. And, and there's guys like like Revo, you know, Tom Wilson, those kind of guys that lay a big hit like that. Nine times out of ten, they are going right. to drop them. And it's not it's not because they, you know, oh, I have to, right? No, it's, it's yeah, I just laid a fucking sick check. Now I'm going to whoop your ass too, right? Like, it's just, it's one of those things to me where like, and, and, and I'm sure, you know, that's probably why nothing came out of this is like, sure, it gets it gets a little old, right? I think if you, if you think about it like that, but... I love a good fucking scrum, at least after a big hit, right? Because I think it's just it shows the passion, shows the energy in the sport, and so I, I'm totally okay with that as long as it's clean. If it's a check to the head, um, oh, I'm just I'm just I'm just looking to beat your ass more. If I am I'm you know if I'm say I just keep bringing it up because it's fresh, but the, the Ben Chirot, right? If I'm Ben Chirot and it, I and I can tell that it's a cheap shot, right? It's a hit to the head. It's a blatant, you know knee on knee or something right like yes you know i i'm i'm gonna shove you into the ground or i'm gonna i'm going to do everything i can to try to get you to fight me because it wasn't clean right if it's clean and you say no i don't want to fight like i just laid that guy out you are six four and i am a five ten player that just smoked your six foot guy like you know and i and i don't want to fight ben Sherat's not gonna just start throwing fucking haymakers at a guy, you know, that, that doesn't clearly want to fight. I think, I think, you know, but I think it, it, jumping back to the queue, if, if you take fighting out of those league, those feeder leagues into the NHL, Ben Sherratt might start go throwing, throwing fucking haymakers sure. at a, at a five, eight kid because he didn't, he, he grew up in the queue and didn't, doesn't know that like, that's not okay. Right. You know? <clears throat> so I think, I think there's, 
you, you take that out, you, you're just you're actually doing more harm to the game and more harm to these kids. Probably not on the receiving end, but on the the actual giving end, right? I think I think they're not prepared. They don't know what the say. You know, I hate this. I hate this phrase, but the unwritten rules of the game. You don't go just start pummeling the fucking face out of some dude because he you know your guy didn't have his fucking head up and got absolutely rocked in the chest right so i I, yeah i'm with you i I think i think it would be a huge mistake i understand cte i think that's that's you know it's not something to kind of scoff at but i'm not taken away from that but like we're in the modern age where we fully know the dangers of head trauma yet these players like no one's forcing these players to fucking play they they're aware of the danger it's it's and if you're saying, well, oh, you know, the money and, you know, it's, it's their life and blah, 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 societal pressure, bullshit. Like, it, it's not. This is free will. If they if they wanted to play a safer, less contact sport, go play fucking baseball or don't or don't sure. play a contact sport. Get them a counselor. And I, Get, have yeah, a team and counselor I don't see anybody freaking tells them of the, the, the same reason is why. Why don't I see the same outcry? Like, let's ban headshots and MMA. Can you imagine if anybody made that fucking argument? Let's let's ban punching any punches or kicks to the head in MMA. Why why not? CTE? You think you think people that are like big MMA fans, you know, that they're like like in hockey, right? It's like, oh we you know, we don't like hitting, we don't like fighting. Oh go watch right. soccer. Right? You think MMA's like, oh go yeah, play hockey. No, it's not no. Because nobody in MMA like this is what I signed up for. Like every fighter knows that they're going to get punched in the face. So right. any Right, and any time that you play hockey, this is a danger in the game. Like you, this is an inherent risk that you you happily sign up for every time. Like you, you know, every time you step on that ice, there is a decent chance, like higher up, higher probability of you getting punched in the face on that ice than off of the ice. And I, I think one of the and going back to kind of like policing the game, this idea of fighting, like. What stands clear in my mind is the time that so Dylan Larkin has a history of neck injuries, uh, not to be a Red Wings homer, but um, fuck Jamie Ben also, but because D- Jamie Ben's been responsible for like two of the times he's been out. Um, there was a game against Tampa Bay where Matthew Joseph kind of just fucking crumpled Dylan Larkin into the boards with a cross check to the neck. Thankfully, Larkin was okay. He held his neck for a second. He gets up, and he just immediately, like, he doesn't even care about the play anymore. He immediately swings on Joseph and just knocks him to the ice with a with a perfect shot to the neck. Immediately when this registers, like, there's no, like, sorting out the play or anything. Larkin throws his gloves down. He's ready to fucking go. And Bertuzzi, God, I miss that guy. He he immediately joins he immediately joins the scrum. He He throws his gloves, and he grabs the closest fucking guy and starts wailing on him. That's hockey. That's how you know, that's how you protect your star players. And don't sit here and tell me that if, you know, uh, if Milan Lukic somehow got a step on Connor McDavid and just fucking laid him out at center ice, it doesn't matter if it's Kyler Yamamoto, every single player on that fucking team is going for Lukic's head. Right. They know it. And that's, and that's how the game goes. Because if it was a clean hit... Say Lukic lays out McDavid and McDavid bounces his head off the ice. If it's a clean hit, the refs aren't going to do anything about it. Or they'll, or Christ, if we know this league, they're going to miss it. Or they'll call a two-minute minor. In this league, a potential injury hit to one of your star players is detrimental. 
and you need to make sure that the other team knows that if they do that shit again, there's going to be consequences. And that's that's how the that's how the game of hockey has been and should continue. And look, if if refs were infallible and actually had a system that they were they were consistent and they actually called the game the way they should, great. Uh, I will retract everything that I just said and we can we can call it as it's in the book. That's not how it is though. If anything, refing has gotten worse in this new era because before before they only called the most blatant horrible plays. Like early 2000s, the Scott Stevens era, um, that was, you know, refs only called the most blatantly obvious, you know, somebody two-handed somebody in the kneecap kind of shit. Right, it's an easy one to call, and and there's going to be no argument about it. Like, no one, there's no, like, oh, we got to go to the Situation Room in Toronto to figure out if this was a trip or not. It was, it was black and white. We never had that, we, we rarely had that issue, because refs only called the most obvious shit because the game mostly policed itself now the refs have more pressure than ever to try to police games and they make and we're we're seeing that humans aren't infallible and they make mistakes and especially in the high speed game that we have yeah yeah Yeah. definitely yeah i think it just just an interesting one that the the gms were going over it was definitely an interesting one that was on the docket but i i fully agree i think um, you know, that stuff, that stuff is still technically needed in the game. Right. And so, you know, until, until the entire league is all Connor McDavid's, right. You're just, you know, you're going to see it, unfortunately. And if you, and if you don't like it, uh, go watch it. Right. If you, it, it, so, so my, my, uh, my official statement to any of you pansy ass, uh, hockey journalists out there that, you know, like to think that, you know, hockey, but actually have never played a game in your life. Um, uh, shut the fuck up. Yep. There you go. Yeah. Uh, the only other things that really kind of mattered from the GM meetings, uh, it sounds like the cap is going to yeah, go up next year about by that. at least a million. Uh, the other the other side is, I guess, there's like some sort of like player from the from the COVID times or some sort of like player account that's still being paid off. And so if that does get paid off by the end of the year, we could see that cap go up as much as uh, I think four and a half yep. million. Uh, something, something along those lines. So. Definitely another interesting one just to kind of keep an eye on and, and see how it turns out before next season. Only makes and sense. And then the, the leagues, only other one I, making more money. The only other, yeah, exactly. They're, and and their deal with ESPN apparently is going really well. Uh, I know there's still blackout there, games. There's problems, but it's I'll take what is current over whatever that bullshit was with NBC any day. Like the NBC deal was just trash. So the only other one that really, uh, you know, pucks over the glass was there. High-sticking minors was also talked about, apparently. The only other one that's kind of interesting is uh, kicked pucks. Kicked pucks. That result. Yeah. I mean, I under, I mean, it so makes sense th- of why they're talking about this. I think they do need to get some better language in there because there's been some that I think are completely questionable that they basically just have changed games. And so I do think that's one that they kind of need to, to maybe rework the wording, right? Uh, we, you know, we saw one actually before we were actually, I think it was the day that of that we were recording last week where we, we did have one. We had one where essentially they considered it a redirect goal or, you know, um, that they didn't redirect it. And I mean, just pretty clearly, you know, not quite a kicking motion, but moved the leg perfectly so that it deflected off of it. And, you know, it's very close to a kicking motion. So I think it's, it's one, it'll be kind of interesting to, to keep an eye on and see what comes out of it because, I mean, it has it, it's it has changed some games, and I think more this year than 
thin in a lot of years. And so that's definitely why they were taking a look at it. So, yeah, I mean, these GM meetings are always interesting. I think I think this is probably one of the first years where they came out of it and basically just said nothing new, right? Like this is games at a pretty good level. You know, there's probably a couple tweaks that we can do here and there, but nothing drastic. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's always interesting to kind of see what they do. Not just eating fucking sandwiches at, at noon on every single day. Measuring dick. I mean, it's probably dicks, what they yeah. still do, but... Um, I, well, Neil, uh, also Gary Bettman shot down uh, the rumors of draft. Uh, expansion. expansion, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that he, you know, obviously Gary Bettman's a dollars and cents guy and a guy. Um, he would like to do expansion if the money's there. Um, it's... It, you know, he's saying that it's not in the like it, they're interested in it, but it's not in the cards right now. It's not on the front burner or whatever. It's on the back burner, whatever he said. Um, something, something about a burner. But I, th- I think that's that translates to any potential ownership teams in those cities don't have their shit together yet. Because if if a if an ownership group in Atlanta came forward to Gary Bentman tomorrow and said, "We have here is the." $200 million fee to buy a team. Here is our arena deal that we have for 20 years. Here is our color scheme. Here is our jerseys. Here's what we're going to do. Here's our draft strategy. If they if they came up with a presented plan and had everything, all the T's crossed and all the I's dotted, we, we would be hearing a very different tune from Gary Bettman. So I, I think the idea here is that he is he wants to do expansion. He's open to it because that's just more teams in the league equals more money and more players. Um, but nobody at the moment has a solid plan to pitch to Gary Bettman. There's, there's probably probably ownership groups or you know wealthy entrepreneurs that have come to him and said, "Hey, we'd love to own a team," and he'd be like, "Hey, I would love that too." And then that's probably about it. <laughs> here's the here's the Arizona. <laughs> They're like, no, no, that's not what he meant. No, 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 it's someone else. <laughs> no, you got thirty-one others, right? Can I try? Can I check those out? Yeah, yeah. I, it's interesting. I, I, I still stand by my thirty-two is the perfect number. I don't know why you would fuck with that, but uh, besides money, right? I mean, you, like you nailed it on the head. That's he. He would go to seventy fucking teams if it meant that you know he was making more money. So, if if his his grandkids college accounts were more full yeah i mean all the money that he spent on fucking trying to keep phoenix above water or arizona above water that dates me a little bit every time i call him phoenix yeah that's back in the old days that's back when they were downtown oh, phoenix man. That, that ages me is it it's gretzky still the coach <laughs> i think so yeah 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 shane doan is uh he's in his fucking first year <laughs> just celebrated his 53rd birthday yeah, fuck. He was right. he was old when I when he was playing on that team. He was old, dude. When he was nineteen and he fucking was in his rookie season, he just yeah. seemed old. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she jumps on the team. Like God, I don't know if you should be signing him to that longer of a deal, dude. Yeah, he's almost out of the league. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> guys, guys, balding already. Oh well, by that logic, Kessel wouldn't play a single game. Well, by that logic, Getzloff would have that's never true. made the fucking God, NHL. That's so. very true. Holy shit! <laughs> All right. Well, uh, speaking. Uh, well, I mean, we're just continuing the thing of shitty situations. Apparently, um, Danny Briere's son uh, getting into some trouble online for a video that came out of him 
throwing a wheelchair down some stairs at a college party. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of a lot of backlash on this. A lot of a lot of over backlash, I think. I, I mean, not to not to downplay what happened because yep. what happened was the fun. initial backlash is merited. Okay, we're we're no one sure. is going to excuse fret at you know fuck as somebody who well I mean he's at a college where he like hockey is taken seriously whereas we were club hockey, but you know athletes they kind of walk around campus like they own the place. And same with frat kids. So I don't know if this is at a frat house or whatnot. But in any case, like this, this watching this video on Twitter, um, I can't, I just call him Danny Breer's son. Unfortunately, I can't remember his name. It's like Cody or something. That's Danny Breer's son. Uh, God, timing could not have been worse as he, yeah, I think, I think as, as Danny Breer takes the GM <laughs> job in Philly. Maybe, maybe his dad like loved wheelchairs and. You know, he's like acting out against <laughs> Danny fuck you, Dad. The fucking GM role. <laughs> fucking Dad. Fuck you, Andrew. General, general manage this. <laughs> Danny's like, I'm trying to save the Philadelphia Flyers. Stop, please. I'm trying to save our family. Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, don't you want to eat? Yeah, next week? We, I need. I need the Flyers to make the playoffs next year. We're not going to be able to eat. <laughs> That big, uh, yeah. Just, just, just a bad, just a bad yeah, look. I honestly, so, so I got to be honest with you. All I saw was just, like it was one post initially, and it was basically someone, and and rightfully so. I do, I you know, I don't want to downplay it because I mean it is pretty. It is, yeah, it's, it's not good. like I mean, it's stupid drunk behavior. No, it's it's it's, it's drunken adolescent immature behavior. Hundred percent sure, you know. And, and and but one of the things that I liked that you I think you texted me shortly after it kind of got crazy was uh, Dusty Bender hockey podcast is pro yep. wheelchair, um, you know a, a disability people as well. But I think I think what's important is you know wheelchairs in general. We are pro, pro wheelchair, pro stairs, anti people who throw wheelchairs downstairs, and pro throwing people who throw wheelchairs downstairs downstairs. Sure. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. Would, would that make this even? Have... Would that make this even? Like, like Danny Beer, Danny Beer's son buys whoever had the wheelchair a new wheelchair because obviously he broke this one, and then yeah. he has to say he's sorry, and then he pushes him down some stairs, the same stairs. Yeah, in, in like in the wheelchair yes. that he bought him, right? So it's yeah, so it's you know really no like, no Fuck you and your no wheelchair. he pushes Danny Briere's son down the stairs, and then he pushes the the broken wheelchair down the stairs to hit him. on top of him. <laughs> I do think that makes it I would actually. I'd call it I, honestly if I was the guy that had the wheelchair I'd take that deal. I'd be oh, like, yeah, okay, brand new wheelchair, brand new electric wheelchair that like basically, hu- because oh. I know who your dad is, so you're gonna buy me basically a hover chair, right? Like I'm yeah. gonna have the most state of the art Elon Musk Tesla wheelchair there is, and then if you just say you're sorry, and then I get to push you down some stairs and then throw my old wheelchair at you, we'll call it good. I also want the third round pick. Of the Flyers every year want, that Danny Breer is the GM. Because third round picks play in the NHL all the time. You know they offered that the they'll they'll offer that in the settlement. We're actually gonna offer you uh we're gonna offer you season tickets to the Philadelphia Flyers and you're like, ah nah, that's 
That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Torch yeah, still the coach? Nah, I'm out. Is there something else you could throw? No, th- this is a value. This is a value for 82 games. That yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> can you can you get me like Carolina tickets? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm at, I mean, it's just down the road. Could I get Penn's tickets? Like, that, like, can you get? Would that like, be weird? Season tickets to any other team? Like, is that is that a possibility? Like, is that? <laughs> Do the Coyotes have a rink now? Is did I sit? I go to there? go to that college. I bet. I bet. I bet they they'd carry me down the stairs at ASU. Fuck yeah! Fuck they yeah! Would. In a in a throne. absolutely goddamn treated like a hero. Fuck yeah! Um, yeah, but no, I'm I'm so I'm I'm watching the video and this is this is just it is classic. It's flat, horrible frat boy behavior. Like he he's it's it, a it really it's is. a narrow hallway where a wheelchair is being sat. And we, we don't, we obviously you can add context into this. I doubt that, you know, the person with the wheelchair was, you know, being an asshole about it. Like, yeah, like it's, it's nothing like that. Like the wheelchair was left there probably as the person was out, you know, taking a leak or something. And sure. these three kids were blocking the hallway and it was a narrow hallway and they wanted more room. So, you know, he did a drunken, drunken, idiotic thing where he's like, fuck this wheelchair. And he pushes it down the stairs. Okay, sure. I I know that there's a lot of holier than thou justice warriors on Twitter right now that are like, oh, that's that's just awful. How could do somebody do something under the influence of alcohol in college? Well, <laughs> I, I, look, as as people who I don't never thrown a wheelchair down stairs before, but as somebody who we've done our fair share of dumb shit in college, and it, it's I'm not giving him a pass. I again, I've never thrown wheelchairs downstairs before. Um, but that being said, this is typical dumbass college kid behavior where he needs to apologize with his daddy's money. He probably needs to buy the kid a new wheelchair, a nicer one. And he's going to, and he's obviously going to face some repercussions from the college. He'll probably get, you know, benched a couple games or, you know, have to make a public statement. I I think actually he's at like a, a religious university. So they said they're going to pray for him. I <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, I don't. I, I don't fucking know. But it's so, and that's. I, I think that that's where it should be because I, the problem here is that there is an overreaction on this. I we're not excusing his behavior. I'm not saying that he's right. I, I'm saying that this was a drunken thing where this wheelchair is in the way and you're moving the obstacle. I don't think that he was like, "Fuck this kid in the wheelchair," and then like throws the wheelchair at the kid down the stairs. Right, with the and stabbed him a couple times. Like it's the level of anger and like wokeness that it's trying to go after this kid right now. Like the the amount of backlash on this kid, you would think that he was, you know, he he was the one who assaulted Kyle Beach, and he's not. Like he he did a stupid college boy thing where he, he threw something that was in the way down some stairs, and yeah, the the wheelchair is probably expensive. He's gonna pay for it. He's apologized. He's probably he's probably a jock athlete. Probably not the greatest dude in the world, but I, I just think that the overreaction here of like what 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 do you want this kid to do? Go into the go into the center of campus and whip himself? If that's what if it that's takes, what it Jake. takes. We have to we have to we have to atone. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think I I mean if you think about it from a legal standpoint, right? There's malicious I, I mean, injury to like, property. You, Right. So exactly. So you're you're basically like I don't even think you have ground to stand on from a legal standpoint to say that it's any that it's a, even a hate crime, no. right? I think I think you would have a no. hard time 
in front no of prejudice a, there. You know, he wasn't doing it to get judge. back at the kid. In fact, I, I 10 to one probably didn't even know the person that was in the wheelchair. 10 to one. He's probably going to just buy that kid beers from right. here on out. Right. I mean, like I just, I just don't, I'd I, love to hear from the kid know, in the we, wheelchair. Well, and I, but at the same time, I think if you wanted to talk, you know, obviously don't shove a mic. in Exactly. So I think I think that's another thing to hone in on is like, I mean, there's there's a shitload of backlash at at Briere's kid. Right. Like he's to the front of the spotlight. Like there's people basically like basically calling for his fucking head, which is just the kids like 19 years old. Right. I mean, there's just there's so much overreaction there that you're trying to essentially ruin this kid's fucking life. And so not only that, but the kid whose wheelchair it was like he he probably doesn't want to be involved because for, he wasn't even no. fucking there, right? I mean, this is it's it's not like it's not like Breer's kid saw this guy coming <laughs> out of the shitter, knew it was his fucking wheelchair for one, and then grabbed it and threw it down the stairs and yelled "death to all disabled people," <laughs> right? I mean, like it can just get so much worse than right. than what it is, right? It, like you know, so I don't. There's not even a hate crime. This is a property issue. Does it send the wrong message that he doesn't like handicapped people? Maybe, but I think I, I agree with you. I think that it's probably a I reach. Think that's, but, I think that's a hell of a um, reach. I think that that it's because it, you yeah. can see like the they're they're when the when the video starts, you see it like they're talking to two girls and they go out on the dance floor, and then it's three dudes like in this very narrow like stairwell, like and and one of them is sitting there, and then the kid who's sitting stands up. I think it's him. Well, maybe not. But it's it's three dudes like tightly packed, and they're like and like I, I I can envision the college conversation that happened there. Like they they stood up and there's three dudes and they're like neck to neck. They can feel each other. They're nut to butt. They can feel each other's breath on each other's necks. And the dude's like, "What the fuck is this wheelchair? Fuck this!" And then he throws it down the stairs. Not saying it's a smart move. Not saying that it's okay. Stupid move. But that's where like it's that's it's it's the drunken stupid idiotness of college it wasn't a hate crime yeah let me let me uh let me put this somewhat into yeah. perspective that is actually worse i think it personally it's worse than than what briere's okay. kid did uh one night walking home from the bars in college i shit my pants so i was too far from any sort of bathroom at a bar that was open so i okay. shit my yeah. pants right so that went into a, a nice a nice so, trash this is already a great night um yeah, I mean, yeah. So was, I was having a lot of fun. I shit my pants. That elevated the fun. Um, I ended up stealing a bike because I had another two miles home in a in a very small college town. I had another two miles home, and I'm not walking, you know, bare balls with with you know shit all over my butt. So I I stole this bike and I fucking ride it home. Well, what did I do the next day? I felt like shit. Went out, got drunk. Went back to my house, took that bike, and literally put it in the exact same spot because I'm a drunk right. asshole, you know? So, I mean, you know, in the grand scheme of things, yes, he shouldn't have done it. Yes, I shouldn't have taken a bike. But it's it's a property thing, right? I don't have anything against fucking people who ride right. bikes. Or right? that particular you know, owner of just, the bike. Like, you didn't steal the bike because I you're don't like, even know who guy. that is. I can barely, it's pitch black. I'm, you know just ham sauced and it's just it has nothing to do with it it's just it's a my eyes went from here to the bike and i went home stupid decision right it's just it's a right. stupid decision but it's it's it and has so, nothing and to if do somebody with caught you on video doing it you're this. like all right here's the bike back sorry about that 
Yeah. I apologize. Right. I won't do it again. And I'll, you know, I won't put my dirty undies right. in your trash. There can. you go. And, that, and that's it. Like, there's no, you don't get fucking canceled on Twitter for that. Right. Right. So, yeah. If anything, I, that I, puts I, you into, like, Barstool's top ten moments of the week. Which I've been on Tosh.0's website yeah? before. I don't know if I've no told shit. you that. That's my nice. claim to fame. Yeah. Yeah, I got hit in the nutsack with a tennis ball from a hockey stick while I was carrying beer from the garage. So, there you go. That's my claim. That's we my need to re- we need to we need to pin that to the top of our Twitter page. There you go. I st- I ha- I still have that picture because yeah, when surprisingly I start drinking beer, I just I I know I, it's very rarely weird. that I drink. Yeah. Right. Um. Yeah, it's very very weird. Uh, it does come up from time to time. So. Well, way she goes. All right, so uh, yeah, uh, that's that's come out now. Um, probably not uh, not to, not to like take away from from uh, dickhead or you know the, the the quote unquote victim here, I guess. Um, not to take away from them, but it's also a very rocky start for Danny Briere uh, becoming GM of the Philadelphia Flyers after yeah. Chuck Fletcher gets axed, uh, rightfully so, um, after a very, I best you best you could say it is like indecisive trade deadline. I would say just yeah. I, I mean, either either he panicked and didn't want to do anything because he didn't want to sell because he was having pressure from ownership not to sell, or I, I don't know what it is. In any case, I, it, Fletcher completely fucked up the trade deadline. Um, he didn't buy or sell. He just kind of stood pat, and it, it cost him his job. I, well, actually, I think what cost him his job is he went into the press conference and he said he has an app for measuring trade fairness. <laughs> Jesus dude it got guys guys throwing up nhl 2023 and asking the engine if it's a fair trade <laughs> jesus christ yeah chance watson didn't take my trade so <laughs> the pro- pro- problem is is that he doesn't have nhl 2023 it's like nhl 16 fuck yeah dude the first one yeah, that ever yeah. came out he's like yeah they didn't think it was fair i was trying to trade mcdavid for gretzky and they didn't like it i don't know why bizarre oh shit so good what's what uh fucking ryan miller best goalie in the league right now yeah so i tried to make a i tried to trade konechny and provorov for ryan miller and it just team team salani team salani <laughs> yeah it was really mark messier was yeah. in there somewhere too i think it was a three-way trade yeah i just it didn't work so i didn't do anything fucking, what a Jesus joke Christ. yeah so he right he rightfully was fired, and it sounds like they're even cleaning house higher than 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 just GM at, at uh, in Philly. So that's interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if Torts doesn't have a job for very long either, because um, Danny Breer is going to want to go probably yeah. go in a different direction, probably bring in another fucking Chris Pronger behind the bench or something. Um, but in any case, so yeah, um, yeah, probably not the best stretch for him. But uh, Philly, that's that's probably the last we're going to hear from Philly until probably the dra- the draft. So. Okay, folks. Well, Taylor Wells' internet has just gone out, and uh, that's the second time this episode it has. So we are going to call it an episode. Uh, actually, I mean, we've, we've talked for quite a while now. Uh, but, folks, thanks again for listening in. We really appreciate it. Uh, technical issues are usually not something we have to deal with, but unfortunately that is just something that uh, happens in our industry. Internet does not work from time to time. So dealing with that currently, but you know what? We're going to press on, and we'll see you guys next week. Please like, comment, share all of our stuff on social media 
If you listen to us on a podcatcher or, you know, music app, whatever it is, please subscribe to us and leave a nice review uh, that, that helps us get noticed in all the algorithms and whatnot, all the robots controlling our world. So please leave a nice review and subscribe to us so you can get every episode as, it can, as soon as it comes out. And uh, once again, folks, thanks for listening. We, we really appreciate your support. We hope you guys are enjoying the show. Uh, if you're interested in advertising or just want to give us a shout out uh, or, or ask us a question, we are widely reachable on social media, both Facebook and Twitter. So uh, give us a shout. All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening in and we'll see you next week.